0: The Rivera, you're tuned in to Geraldo's Edge Game episode 24 and I have no idea why. <sighs> you may have noticed and I hope you haven't. I've been making video content for about two years now. I'm coming up on about a two year anniversary from my first ever video published online, at least in this form. Back when I started my YouTube ASMR career, I was trying to be an ASM autist, okay, from my humble beginnings, whispering and tingling for pennies, not even, not, I was not even monetized, um, and I've come a long way to where I am today. Now, I don't expect recognition Okay there's plenty of people there are plenty of people who do the same exact thing perhaps much better than me perhaps they induce much more many more tingles and uh, if not for my banning off of YouTube perhaps who knows who knows where I'd be could have gone a completely different direction in life completely um but I will say over the 2 years I've received many comments, messages, DMs. I've received feedback, you know, casual, thoughtless in passing, and I, you know, that's what I would expect at the most. But that's uh, that's all changed recently. I've received my first full in-depth review published. uh, I was not even aware that it was published, uh, but I found it because I'm obsessed with myself and my brand and how the algorithm views me. And so I did a little digging. And now... I want to say this isn't my first time encountering um, this community, this forum, this website where this review was published. In fact, it was the same community where I found one of my first uh, reviews for my ASMR channel for Jenk ASMR back in the day, um, back when I was very uh bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, very excited about building, um, building a brand. And this community, I would say they're very dedicated. They're very dedicated. They're very um, resourceful, committed, and serious. They're very serious about what they do. Now this site lpsg.com and if you're not familiar which i hope you're not stands for large penis support and this is just an old school forum nothing crazy you know looks like you could have built it in 2000 Not shitting on the website. Gets the job done. Okay. Turns out, well, I should I should preface this by saying when I first started, there was a time, there was a transition period where I was making both ASMR and posting on Pornhub. I was making ASMR plus jerk off videos for Pornhub, but posting them kind of on both YouTube and the hub and just censoring penis, or hiding the penis, or so, you know, I was, I was blurring the lines a little bit about what I was trying to create, and at that time, too, I was not very, I didn't care that much, I cared a little bit still, but I was starting to care less about who found my content, who made the connections, I thought it was kind of funny, and um, up to that point, as I would expect, no one would bother to waste their time or, you know, to notice the fact uh, that it was the same guy from Jenk ASMR and on Geraldo Rivera. But I was digging through my Google Analytics through YouTube, and it does tell you where you get a lot of external traffic. And I found that a large proportion of my views early on. During that time, uh, we're flooding in from this website, from largepenissupportgroup.com. Now, again, hopefully, if you're not familiar, assuming you're not, this is uh, not really a support group for large penises. Although I'm sure there is a forum or a, a thread in there somewhere that it truly is. Uh, support group for that and maybe that's what it really originally was my experience and what i encountered and where i find that i gained some traffic and viewership from is um, a thread about guys gushing over ASMR about hot guys who make asmr and not only the guys that make asmr but trying to dig around to see if they have any other content on the internet. And this was not the first thread. This was like the third thread. I think the first two threads had filled up or were closed for some reason. But either way, this thread has been made at least three times for their favorite ASMRtists. Now, you might know how I feel about ASMR in general. You might know how I feel about people who, who make real ASMR um, you know for real relaxation. Not here to talk about that today, but you may, you might have a hunch. <clears throat> Despite that, I was willing to look and see, okay what why am I being connected to this site? What is the draw? And it turns out some people from this community made that connection, And I I credit them for being the first to at least publicly uh, share that these are the same people. Uh, They had linked both my YouTube videos and my porn videos together. Not that hard. I mean, my face is in it. And I think I might have referenced one and the other. I referenced the, the YouTube ASMR on Pornhub, but I didn't do it vice versa, blah, blah, blah but also the jank asmr logo is the pornhub logo so not too much credit there but i just want to say i was i was i was flattered actually that someone would do that at that time i was like wow that's kind of that's nice they pay attention i guess they like what i do kind of um and it wasn't a review kind of thing At that time they were just, they just wanted to see if there was more of me. Did I have an only fans? What's his other stuff? Let me find literally everything about him. And again, this is at a time I didn't really think about or care about the implications of someone spending their time doing that, you know, uh, spending their time digging into someone's digital online entity persona. You know, I didn't think about that. I was just like, yeah, that's cool. I was learning. Anyway, had a good, good rapport with them. I figured, hey, you know, they, they like me. I don't even have a, a large penis, really, I'm sure, by most standards. So I didn't see why my penis should be supported by their group, but I guess I was in that moment. Um, and that was great. And I recently found someone had created a new thread specifically for their review of my OnlyFans posted a couple months ago. And I will read it to you now for your reference. Too long, didn't read. This guy regularly uses bigoted slurs in his OF videos and he hates his fans. I subbed Geraldo Rivera a few days ago. I'd followed him on Pornhub for a while before he got banned on there. Not sure why. He's honestly very attractive and puts on a decent show when he isn't talking. There was a bunch of nonsensical or just flat-out weird stuff on his Pornhub, but... I decided to overlook that, because he was hot, as one does when they are horny. Reasonable. After subbing to his OnlyFans, I was happy to see a fair amount of decent length solos. However, most were included in a series he does called Geraldo's Edge Game. My mistake was listening to these podcast-style videos for more than half a second, He constantly spouts racial, ableist, and homophobic slurs, in parentheses, for comedic effect, I assume. Before anyone says this shit is supposed to be funny or that it's satire or something, please save your time. Being offensive and using that sort of language is only funny to the people it doesn't directly impact. When I pointed this out in his comment section, he called me a fag. Censored. Before I continue, I just want to say that I was bullied pretty harshly for being gay in school. That word was used to inflict serious emotional damage to me on a regular basis, and I'm certainly not the only one. So, for anyone that wants to defend that kind of behavior, I say again to consider the people that those words actually affect. Those words do matter. Additionally, he also states in one of his podcasts that he hates interacting with his fans. He goes on to say that he genuinely despises all of his fans and patrons and everyone currently listening. He shows deep contempt for anyone who pays for porn or seeks to interact with porn stars. He implies that he only does what he is doing for money. Nothing wrong with doing porn for money, but goddamn, why be so hateful about it? He doesn't even sound like he was trying to be irreverent or funny either. He was just angrily ranting about how much he hated his audience. Highly advise avoiding this guy at all costs. If you want proof that he's a bigot, you can watch his podcast thing on his many vids for free. Uh, and then he attached a screenshot of said uh, comment thread on uh, my OnlyFans in which I do indeed call him a fag. I thanked him for his patronage, but called him a faggot in the same comment. Um, and that was my that's this is my first long in-depth review. This is the first time someone has taken the time truly out of their day, put some thought into giving me some some feedback and you know what he's got it on the money he is he hit the nail on the fucking head it's nice for once in my life to truly feel understood and i never thought it would be a fucking fag (laughs) (laughs) i never thought i'd be a fucking faggot to truly understand who i am but hey I just needed a mirror, baby. I just needed a mirror to see myself. And uh, I don't have your screen name, but you know who you are. Thank you. I will make sure to post this video in the thread on largepenissupportgroup.com. Exclusive. And I just, anyway, I just wanted to respond about a few points here. Just want to make sure, you know, if it wasn't clear enough, uh, how I feel about these things. Now, this man I remember did indeed subscribe to my OnlyFans. Now, if you're not familiar with my OnlyFans, which good for you actually. If, if you're if you never even thought about, hey, does this guy have an OnlyFans, or even thought about subscribing or registering for an account, good, actually good for you, legitimately good for you. However, um, if you have seen it, regardless, you might not have noticed the very blatant... Um, I would call it even a warning. I would call it maybe even a threat on on, on my, my profile page that clearly states um, I believe the first sentence was, if you pay for porn, you are a fucking idiot. Or something to that effect. Now, If that doesn't set the tone for what is to come on the OnlyFans, you could also not ignore the giant banner on my OnlyFans, which I might still have somewhere. That clearly stated and shared what kind of content I would be sharing, that it was not to be taken seriously and to not even be sexy, it wasn't, it wasn't even intended to be sexual, nor was it even intended to be funny. Okay. It was just me. It literally was saying that I was shit posting that you would be paying for me to ship post. And if you like that kind of content, then I, by all means, please feel free to donate to the cause. To support what I make, because if, if as long as we're on the same page, that's cool. You know, as long as you understand you're being a fucking idiot and, and sending money to another fucking idiot, cool, man. I'm all on board for that, and that's why I'm very, I'm actually very explicit. I'm very actually clear about that sort of thing when it comes to any sort of payments. When it comes to money, people who pay for this sort of thing, I'm very professional. Don't don't get it twisted. Okay. Now to say that I'm doing it only for money though, you got me wrong there. You got me really fucking wrong there. Cause you know what, man, if I was doing this for money, I would pretend to like you. I would pretend to like fags. I would, I would so easy You know what? What and the reason I know it's easy is because I can pretend I hate fags and I still get paid. Now what's up with that? Now what's wrong with that community that loves to be degraded and is so mentally ill that they will pay to be bullied the way you were bullied in high school? Okay, what 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 is going on? What is this? What is this? Why and why? Are you spending your money on OnlyFans and not getting more therapy? I get therapy is expensive, but so is fucking pornography. If you're going to pay for it, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Now, I'm not mad. Hey, thanks for the $5. I think you got refunded after you reported me. Thank you. I'm glad you got that money back. Maybe you can, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do with that money, but I'm sure there's plenty of other gay dudes. There's plenty of other OnlyFans you can subscribe to that won't tell you how much they fucking hate you. Okay. There's no, there's no reason. You you mentioned that, uh, you know, you decided to overlook the weird stuff. Now the weird stuff on my Pornhub and on my YouTube from back in whenever the first thing was written about me, I was posting, I was shit posting the whole time. I've never stopped shit posting. Now not to say that I'm serious. That's not to say I'm seriously hateful. Get don't get it wrong. There's a there is a rhyme and reason to what I was doing. I was making a statement about the platform. I'm making statements about how YouTube, about how Pornhub, about how any platform treats homosexuality, treats anything that's related to identity politics, and highlights it. Okay. And I'm just trying to take it to an extreme to make a point. And a lot of people don't get that. And and I sometimes don't want people to get that because I, I want that conversation to happen. Okay. And I know I'm breaking the illusion now because you know, I'm supposed to be a bigot, but would a bigot have um, a John Cena cut out? Would a, would a, would a, would a real homophobic bigot uh, have <laughs> be, be a Barbie, have a Barbie candle, right? Would a, would a real homophobic bigot uh, post videos of him jerking off for men directed two men for thousands of horny dudes to jerk off to publicly for free would, would a homophobic bigot provide that service? Tell me, would they? No, not to say I'm not, not saying that. I just want you to think, you know, consider the context a little more. And that's what I think a lot of you fags forget to consider is the context of where you're, consuming this content you're consuming this on a porn site you're watching pornography and you're going on a forum and commenting on pornography and taking it seriously and being offended by pornography on a fucking porn site are you fucking retarded you fucking faggot (sighs) does that make any sense Now, I don't hate gay people. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. You know what I hate, though? I hate fags. And the difference is that gay dudes just enjoy men. Gay dudes enjoy men. They enjoy having sex with men. They enjoy sucking penis. They enjoy blowjobs, handjobs, rimming, whatever, whatever. I'm not going to go through the whole list. I know what y'all do. I learned all about it in the cam shows. But a faggot, what a faggot does is they obsess over men. They obsess over men to the point of paying men money to see more of men. To see men on OnlyFans to request customs from men of them jerking off as if there aren't millions of men ready, ready to jerk off and come for you on fucking Reddit. Probably on largepenissupportgroup.com. I'm sure there's a social thread about people who want to jerk off with each other. Not even digitally, like in person. There's plenty of people who will jerk off with you in fucking person if you're a gay man, you know? If if I were a gay man, which I'm not saying I'm not, that's up for you to decide, you know? I'm just a character. I'm just a person on the internet. But turns out all my fans are faggots. And that's okay. Because that's what I would expect in this context. The kinds of people that would watch my content are retarded my content is made for retarded people it is made for idiots the fact that you are on the site watching the porn you are a fucking retard that's it you have to acknowledge that and that's that's all my that's all i'm trying to do with my content is to to remind you the viewer that that is the case that that is the truth and that is something i think people ignore that they're fucking losers every time they sign on to Pornhub, they sign on to X videos, or they go on to YouTube to watch the boyfriend role play ASMR. Okay. You need to be reminded that you're being a fucking loser right now. There, there's not like you. I, I know people come here. They want to pay to be coddled. They want to pay. They want to pay for someone to pretend to like them. Okay, that's that's what camming is. That's what being a porn star is. That's what being, you know, you want the chance to fuck me. You think you think if you talk to me enough on Instagram, you think I'm going to buy a fucking plane ticket and fly out to fucking bumblefuck, you know, Oklahoma and fuck you in your tight little butthole. Right. Right. And I thought if I was mean enough, I thought you guys would fuck off. I thought if I made it so clear that this was a ridiculous like that I have so much disdain for what this is and the people that not only make porn, but sell this fantasy to people, the people that buy the fantasy that demand the fantasy that can't deal with their fucking lives and create meaningful relationships in their own lives. So they have to seek it online. I was hoping I could, I could, I could tr- I could like communicate that in some way, in some shape or form without being completely explicit. But it turns out that's, this is the only way to get that across. This is the only way. And I i don't think people even will get it when I'm saying it right now, you know? And I don't think you should take it seriously. Look at me. I have my dick in my hand. Do you not get the, the point of what anything I say is not to be taken seriously because my dick is literally in my hand. I'm jerking off while I'm saying these things. Is there any reason you as a rational person think you should take anything I say seriously Period. Question mark. Jesus fucking Christ. Now, I lost my train of thought, but you get the point. Lately, I... I'm I'm reaching a point uh, in my career where I think I am finding my crowd. I think I am finding the, or I would say my crowd is finding me, the people that do understand sort of what's happening. They, they, they like to think they know what's, what's what this is, what they're consuming and that they're on the same page. They're above it. You know that they're above it, that they're on the level, and that might be the case. I don't know. Um, it might also be the case that I've just found a lot of people that like to be degraded. It turns out there's a lot more people that like degrading porn than I thought. And they're getting tired of the traditional, um, you know, you're a dirty little dyke, cunt, bitch, slut, fuck you, faggot. You know, that, that gets old. That's that's. You can get that degradation for free anywhere, okay? My degradation is all about understanding and recognizing the context of where you are in this moment, consuming this content right now. That is what you come here for now. You, as you're listening to this, as you're currently listening to this or watching this, you're it. You're it. Not whatever his face is on large penis support group. I've I've lost favor with that kind of person that watches this to actually jerk off and come. I I've reached a, a new audience who is really like like truly like mentally ill and 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 needs help. Really, truly, actually needs a support group. And I would love for those two sides, those two communities, to meet. I would love for the people who who get the joke who get the bit if it's not even a joke anymore i don't know but at least don't take it for face value and i would like them to go on largepenissupportgroup.com and mingle and 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 truly bond with fucking fanatical faggots who spend countless hours following people who make videos of them going <laughs> and looking hot. (sighs) And in celebration of that, I've recorded and finished editing recently uh, a series of degradation videos. Not to say any previous videos have not been degrading by some means, by some uh, nature, but um, these are truly made to capture the essence of what I am trying to to say and where I want to move forward with this, with what I'm doing, with whatever this fucking with me jerking off. Now I'm sorry if any of that was triggering or startling. I don't I I don't typically put trigger warnings in my videos, but I, I assume, I hope You watch one video and you understand, okay, this is not, this is not okay. Uh, I had YouTube videos that were like ASMR for black people. Okay. Published in July, 2020 peak BLM. Okay. That was, (laughs) it was 4k and, and it was a VR video. And it was just all blackness. Was, There's was literally no visual. It was just darkness. But you could click around on YouTube. It's really funny because you could click around on it and you could look around and just complete darkness, which I'm sure was funny in a VR headset as well. Um, <laughs> and it was 10 hours long. Now, this is not new. If you think I'm a bigot now, Look at any of my like. You just have to look at the titles of my videos, and you know, you kind of know what you're getting into. There is no confuse. I I I don't believe in the blind horny rage of like, oh, I wanted to see more of the guy that already has 100 jerk off videos on his X videos or on his Pornhub. Let me let me go and and check out his OnlyFans and expect to see. Something completely different to not be fucking bamboozled. Okay, that's why there's there's no excuse for hor- there is no such thing as a blind horniness to that degree to overlook that. If you truly have an issue with bigotry, uh, 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 you would have known it from the start. That's all. If you if you truly think I'm a bigot, that is assuming. Now, that's pretty much all I had to say. You know, this is really just a promotion for my degradation series. It's coming out soon. It's not like this. If you want to discuss any of these things I've addressed today, just let me know. Let me know. i'm I'm totally all ears if you'd like to discuss the very uh, important controversial topics, issues that uh, many people face today in the world. Let me know if you want to talk to me, the uh, porn content creator, to help you uh, 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 unpack this. Let me know if you want to unpack this a little bit with the porn star. Let me know if you think that'll be a productive conversation. And I'm happy to have that conversation with you. All you have to do is fucking ask. Hmm? All I have to do is slide in my DMs. And of course, I want to take the time out of my day to have that conversation. Because, you know, it's not about you learning. It's also about me learning about what's really wrong and what really affects people. You know, I don't think there's enough people out there reminding you, how hurtful words can be and how oppressed white gay men can be. Now, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have assumed you're white. I just assumed you're white because you had money to spend on OnlyFans. Hey, hey, is that wrong? I don't think so. I'm just being woke. Okay. That's all I'm saying. It could be a woman. could be a fat black woman. That would make the most sense. But it turns out... Oh, no, you did say racial slurs. So, hey, I do say those. But let me tell you this. Over the course of attracting this degradation fan base, I've come across some people that have an even higher level of kink. They surpass my expectations of, of what can be kinky in some way. And I may have touched on this. This is a recent actual experience while I was camming. Um, I've had requests for race play. And if you're not familiar, which again, I truly hope you're not familiar with race play. Uh, it is pretty much what it implies, what the names it's pretty much there. It's, and I, to be honest, I'm not sure I fully understand the how far it goes. I only talked to a few. Um, and let me remind you that this is in the context of a cam site. I'm on Stream8. If you want to check me out, I do race play. Uh, so these are people that not only watch porn, let's assume they watch porn, but have watched so much porn that they fried their brains to a, to a point where their reward pathways are so fucked up, now they're escalating to needing a live performance, or maybe they needed the live from the get-go. Who knows? Either way, they're really miserable people. They're really fucking sad, they're really fucking, some of them are so angry, so bitter like me. Okay, but the only difference is that I'm the one jerking off for money and they're the ones paying me to jerk off well, for money. Y- you get it. We're both bitter, miserable people. You know, on the same line, but facing different directions on different sides of the screen. Hey, not going not gonna to question that. Okay, I, I understand the game there. I understand they're paying for a fantasy to have a, a live conversation. Hey, I don't know how many times I got to say, hey, but you get me. You get me. You're this far here. You're still listening. I'm just going to assume you fucking get me. Okay. I assume you understand and you tolerate this kind of thing. So I get guys asking me for race play. And my first question is like, okay, well, how far does that go? Well, first of all, what race are you? <laughs> first of all, let's let's delineate what what race do you want to role play as? I shouldn't even know what. I'm never going to confirm what race you actually are. First of all, this is, this is in a stream chat unless they show me. And even if they show me in a cam to cam, uh, I still cannot really confirm what race they are or if I'm allowed to call them whatever particular slur they think they want me to call them. Now there's another dynamic. There is, uh, what, like, do I call you all the slurs? What? What's bad? You know, is it? Is this? Is this actually a degradation kink, or is it just purely like about you and your and 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 um? You know, confirming your racial identity, supporting it, uh, uh, affirming your racial identity by having someone jerk off to you, jerk off for you, in the name of your racial identity. Very interesting. Now, were there people in the race play before Rachel Dolezal? I'm sure there were. Were there, are there more now? There I think there might be. I, I think I think there might be. Hey, coincidence. I'll let you decide. Now, he couldn't really tell me exactly what he wanted in terms of how far this could go. So I started asking, okay, so let's just start, is this so let's some guidelines. I'm just gonna just gonna shoot some ideas out. You let me know if that's too far and we'll dial back. So my first thought, my mind went immediately to are we role playing slavery? Oh, and they they identified they're black. So and there is a down bit. I said, do you like, is this a, is this like a slavery thing? Are we, am I, am I the, do I own a plantation? You know, do I put you in the box? Is this cotton picking? Like what, you know, how far does this go? And they were kind of like, no, not really. No. And they laughed and I was like, well, okay, can you tell me then like what is race play then? Cause I like, I need, I need somewhere to start off and they couldn't be clear about it. And I'm sorry if you like race play and, this guy is not representative of like most people who are into that, you know, that, that the race play community, but I, he, he really showed me and, uh, I was like, okay, so maybe more of like, uh, maybe just more of like a police brutality kind of thing. Like, uh, you just want me to be a cop and, you know, frisk you, I pull you over for, you know, the things hanging from your rear view mirror. Is that, is that, you know, a little bit lighter for you? um, and even then, he's still kind of like maybe, like maybe if we got to that point, but like he just wasn't being clear. And I was like, okay, so do I get an end, like an end pass, or not? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, well, all right. Well, that's pretty far to me. And then I uh, there were so many implications I had to consider in that moment that I hadn't prior to this. I never thought I'd be in the situation to one, one be given the end pass explicitly, but two in a sexual context. And then three, in a sexual context where I am live, publicly, uh, doing these acts in which I could be recorded and preserved somewhere else forever. Now, you know me, I say, I'm not, I'm not shy to slurs. You can, you can check out the, uh, Geraldo breaking news video if you want some of them, most of them. Um, but I can come back from saying faggot. I can come back from that because you don't actually know if I'm gay. You don't know if I'm an ally. You don't know if I'm bi or pan or whatever, you know, or if I'm going to be later, you know, if, if someone comes at me with the bigotry accusation, I'm fucking gay. Now I've been gay. I'm saying it now. I've been gay. I might go back in the closet soon, but I've been gay. So what? Fuck you. Now, I can't do the same thing coming back from N-Bomb. That's all. It's going to take me a lot longer to transition. I think it took Rachel Dolezal a lifetime to transition, really. She started from childhood, she claims, as we've covered before. So I had a lot to think about in that, in that split moment. And unfortunately, I, I backed down initially and I know that's a boring conclusion I I suggested perhaps we could start with microaggressions I thought perhaps we could start with some very subtle uh, microaggressions in the context of uh, maybe we're college classmates you know perhaps we're roommates and uh, he wasn't down but the good ending to the story is that I came around, I'd really thought about it, and I didn't want, I realized it would be bigoted of me to refuse this gay black man's request just because he's gay and black. So, of course, I called him the N-word because he asked me to do it, because an oppressed gay black man, as far as I was aware, was paying me good money to do it. And who would I be as a privileged, half-white, cishet, but maybe gay, you'll never know, male? Then I would be a bigot, okay? If I didn't do that for that gay black man, that gay black faggot, hey, I'm a bigot all the way, but I didn't. I fulfilled his dreams. I fulfilled his fantasy. There's evidence of it somewhere. You might find it someday. Excited. Excited to see where that turns out, where that turns up. So therefore, I have both the Epsler and N-pass now. I have both. I have both. Just a reminder, would a bigot say these things? Would a bigot have these things? Would a bigot do, say any of this? if they weren't open to the idea of not just gays watching what I do and say, but faggots watching what I say and do. I'll let you decide. Chapter two, open book. The next day was better and worse. It was better because it wasn't raining yet, though the clouds were dense and opaque. It was easier because I knew what to expect of my day. Mike came to sit with me in English and walked me to my next class, with chess club Eric glaring at him all the while. That was flattering. People didn't look at me quite as much as they had yesterday. I sat with a big group at lunch that included Mike Eric, Jessica, and several other people whose names and faces I now remembered. I began to feel like I was treading water instead of drowning in it. It was worse because I was tired. I still couldn't sleep with the wind echoing around the house. It was worse because Mr. Varner called me in on the trig, called on me in trig when my hand wasn't raised and I had the wrong answer. It was miserable because I had to play volleyball. And the one time I didn't cringe out of the way of the ball, I hit my teammate in the head with it. And it was worse because Edward Cullen wasn't in school at all. All morning, I was dreading lunch, fearing his bizarre glares. Part of me wanted to confront him and demand to know what his problem was. While I was lying sleepless in my bed, I even imagined what I would say. But I knew myself too well to think I would really have the guts to do it. I made the cowardly lion look like the Terminator. (sighs) But when I walked into the cafeteria with Jessica, trying to keep my eyes from sweeping the place for him and failing entirely, I saw that his four siblings of sorts were sitting together at the same table and he was not with them. Mike intercepted us and steered us to his table. Jessica seemed elated by the attention, and her friends quickly joined us. But as I tried to listen to their easy chatter, I was terribly uncomfortable, waiting nervously for the moment he would arrive. I hoped that he would simply ignore me when he came, and prove my suspicions false. He didn't come, and as time passed, I grew more and more tense. I walked to biology with more confidence when, by the end of lunch, he still hadn't showed. Mike, who was taking on the qualities of a golden retriever, walked faithfully by my side to class. I held my breath at the door, but Edward Cullen wasn't there either. I exhaled and went to my seat. Mike followed, talking about an upcoming trip to the beach. He lingered by my desk till the bell rang, Then he smiled at me wistfully and went to sit by a girl with braces and a bad perm. It looked like I was going to have to do something about Mike, and it wouldn't be easy. In a town like this, where everyone lived on top of everyone else, diplomacy was essential. I had never been enormously tactful. I had no practice dealing with overly friendly boys. I was relieved that I had the desk to myself, that Edward was absent. I told myself that repeatedly, but I couldn't get rid of the nagging suspicion that I was the reason he wasn't there. It was ridiculous and egotistical to think that I could affect anyone that strongly. It was impossible. And yet I couldn't stop worrying that it was true. When the school day was finally done and the blush was fading out of my cheeks from the volleyball incident, I changed quickly back into my jeans and navy blue sweater. I hurried from the girls' locker room, pleased to find that I had successfully evaded my retriever friend for the moment. I walked swiftly out to the parking lot. It was crowded now with the fleeing students. I got in my truck and dug through my bag to make sure I had what I needed. Last night, I discovered that Charlie couldn't cook much besides fried eggs and bacon. So I requested that I be assigned kitchen detail for the duration of my stay. He was willing enough to hand over the keys to the banquet hall. I also found out that he had no food in the house. So I had my shopping list and the cash from the jar and the cupboard labeled food money, and I was on my way to the thriftway. I gunned my deafening engine to life, ignoring the heads that turned in my direction and backed carefully into a place in the line of cars that were waiting to exit the parking lot. As I waited, trying to pretend that the ear-splitting rumble was coming from someone else's cat, car, I saw the two Collins and the Hale twins, Haley, Hale, getting into their car. It was the shiny new Volvo, of course. I hadn't noticed their clothes before. I'd been too mesmerized by their faces. Now that I looked, it was obvious that they were all dressed exceptionally well, simply, but in clothes that subtly hinted at designer origins. With their remarkable good looks, the style with which they carried themselves, they could have worn dish rags and pulled it off. It seemed excessive for them to have both looks and money, but as far as I could tell, life worked that way most of the time. It didn't look as if I bought them any acceptance here. No, I didn't fully believe that. The isolation must be their desire. I couldn't imagine any door that wouldn't be opened by that degree of beauty. They looked at my noisy truck as I passed them, just like everyone else. I kept my eyes straight forward and was relieved when I finally was free of the school grounds. The thriftway was not far from the school, just a few streets south, off the highway. It was nice to be inside the supermarket. It felt normal. I did the shopping at home, and I fell into the pattern of the familiar task gladly. The store was big enough inside that I couldn't hear the tapping of the rain on the roof to remind me where I was. When I got home, I unloaded all the groceries, stuffing them in wherever I could find an open space. I hoped Charlie wouldn't mind. I wrapped potatoes in foil and stuck them in the oven to bake covered a steak in marinade and balanced it on top of a carton of eggs in the fridge when i was finished with that i took my book bag upstairs before starting my homework i changed into a pair of dry sweats pulled my damp hair up into a ponytail and checked my email for the first time i had 3 messages bella my mom wrote write me as soon as you get in tell me how your flight was is it raining i miss you already i'm almost finished packing for Florida. But I can't find my pink blouse. Do you know where I put it? Phil says hi. Mom. I sighed and went to the next. It was sent 8 hours after the first. Bella, she wrote, why haven't you emailed me yet? What are you waiting for? Mom. The last was from this morning. Isabella, if I haven't heard from you by 5:30 p.m. today, I'm calling Charlie. I checked the clock. I still had an hour but my mom was well known for jumping the gun. Mom, calm down. I'm writing right now. Don't do anything rash. Bella. I sent that and began again. Mom, everything is great. Of course it's raining. I was waiting for something to write about. School isn't bad, just a little repetitive. I met some nice kids who sit by me in lunch. Your blouse is at the dry cleaners. You were supposed to pick it up Friday. Charlie bought me a truck. Can you believe it? I love it. It's old, but really sturdy, which is good. You know, for me, I miss you too. I'll write again soon, but I'm not going to check my email every five minutes. Relax, breathe. I love you. Bella. I decided to read Withering Heights, the novel we were currently studying in English yet again for the fun of it. And that's what I was doing when Charlie came home. I'd lost track of the time, and I hurried downstairs to take the potatoes out and put the steak in to broil. Bella, my father called out when he heard me on the stairs. Who else? I thought to myself. Hey, Dad, welcome home. Thanks. He hung up his gun belt and stepped out of his boots as I bustled about the kitchen. As far as I was aware, he never shot the gun on the job, but he kept it ready. When I came here as a child, he would always remove the bullets as soon as he walked in the door. I guess he considered me old enough now to not shoot myself by accident and not depressed enough to shoot myself on purpose. What's for dinner, he asked warily. My mother was an imaginative cook, and her experiments weren't always edible. I was surprised and sad that he seemed to remember that far back. Steak and potatoes, I answered, and he looked relieved. He seemed to feel awkward standing in the kitchen doing nothing. He lumbered into the living room to watch TV while I worked. We were both more comfortable that way. I made a salad while the steaks cooked and set the table. I called him in when dinner was ready and he sniffed appreciatively as he walked into the room. Smells good, Belle. Thanks. (laughs) We are in silence for a few minutes. It wasn't uncomfortable. Neither of us was bothered by the quiet. In some ways, we were well-suited for living together. So, how did you like school? Have you made any friends? He asked as he was taking seconds. Well, I have a few classes with a girl named Jessica. I sit with her friends at lunch, and there's this boy, Mike, who is very friendly. Everybody seems nice, with one outstanding exception. That must be Mike Newton. Nice kid, nice family. His dad owns a sporting goods store just outside of town. He makes a good living off of all the backpackers who come through here. Do you know the Cullen family? I asked hesitatingly. Hesitantly. Dr. Cullen's family. Sure, Dr. Cullen's a great man. They, the kids are a little different. They don't seem to fit in very well at school. Charlie surprised me by looking angry. People in this town, he muttered. Dr. Cullen is a brilliant surgeon who could probably work in any hospital in the world. Make ten times the salary he gets here, he continued, getting louder. We're lucky to have him, lucky that his wife wanted to live in a small town. He's an asset to the community, and all those kids are well-behaved and polite. I had my doubts when they first moved in with all those adopted teenagers. I thought we might have some problems with them. But they're all very mature. I haven't had one speck of trouble from any of them. That's more than I can say for the children of some folks who have lived in this town for generations. And they stick together the way a family should. Camping trips every other weekend. Just because they're newcomers, people have to talk. It was the longest speech I'd ever heard Charlie make. He must feel strongly about whatever people were saying. I backpedaled. They seemed nice enough to me. I just noticed they kept to themselves. They're all very attractive, I added, trying to be more complimentary. You should see the doctor, Charlie said laughing. It's a good thing he's happily married. A lot of the nurses at the hospital have a hard time concentrating on their work with him around. We lapsed back into silence as we finished eating. He cleared the table while I started on the dishes. He went back to the TV, and after I finished washing the dishes by hand, no dishwasher, I went upstairs unwillingly to work on my math homework. I could feel a tradition in the making. That night, it was finally quiet. I fell asleep quickly, exhausted. The rest of the week was uneventful. I got used to the routine of my classes. By Friday, I was able to recognize, if not name, almost all the students at school. In gym, the kids on my team learned not to pass me the ball and to step quickly in front of me if the other team tried to take advantage of my weakness. I happily stayed out of their way. Edward Cullen didn't come back to school. Every day, I watched anxiously until the rest of the Cullens entered the cafeteria without him. Then I could relax and join in the lunchtime conversation mostly centered around a trip to the La Ocean Park in two weeks that Micah was putting together. I was invited and I had agreed to go more out of politeness than desire. Beaches should be hot and dry. So I just wanted to give you a quick excerpt and uh, that's proof, okay? If you need any more proof than that, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. Clearly I'm a fag and therefore I cannot be bigoted. That's all. That's all I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to make a point. You try reading Twilight and having a boner. Okay. That's probably one of the gayest things a fag can do. Do you really need more? do you need more there? I I have them all here. We can, we can do them all. Let's go. New moon. All right, here we go. Chapter three, the end. I felt absolutely hideous in the morning. I hadn't slept well. My arm burned and my head ached. Didn't help my outlook that Edward's face was smooth and remote as he kissed my forehead quickly and ducked out my window. I was afraid of the time I'd spent unconscious, afraid that he might have been thinking about right and wrong again while he watched me sleep. The anxieties seemed to ratchet up the intensity of the pounding in my head. Edward was waiting for me at school as usual, but his face was still strong. There was something buried in his eyes that I couldn't be sure of, and it scared me. I didn't want to bring up last night, but I wasn't sure if avoiding the subject would be worse. He opened the door for me. How do you feel? Perfect, I lied, cringing as the sound of the slamming door echoed in my head. We walked in silence, his shortening his stride to match mine. There were so many questions I wanted to ask, but most of those questions would have to wait because they were for Alice. How was Jasper this morning? What had they said when I was gone? What had Rosalie said? And most importantly, what could she see happening now in her strange, imperfect visions of the future? Could she guess what Edward was thinking? Why he was so gloomy? Was there a foundation for the tenuous, instinctive fears that I couldn't seem to shake? The morning passed slowly. I was impatient to see Alice, though I wouldn't be able to really talk to her with Edward there. Edward remained aloof. Occasionally, he would ask about my arm, and I would lie. Alice usually beat us to lunch. She didn't have to keep pace with a sloth like me. But she wasn't at the table, waiting with a tray of food she wouldn't eat. Edward didn't say anything about her absence. I wondered to myself if her class was running late until I saw Connor and Ben, who were in her fourth-hour French class. Where's Alice? I asked Edward anxiously. He looked at the granola bar, but he was slowly pulverizing between his fingertips while he answered. Fuck me. She's with Jasper. Is he okay? He's gone for a while. What? Where? Edward shrugged. Nowhere in particular. And Alice too, I say with great desperation. Of course it was Jasper needed her. She would go. Yes, she'll be gone for a while. She was trying to convince him to go to Denali. Denali was where the one other band of unique vampires, good ones like the Cullens, lived. Tanya and her family. I'd heard of them now and again. Edward had run to them last winter when my arrival had made forks difficult for him. Laurent, the most civilized member of James's little coven, had gone there rather than siding with James against the Cullens. It made sense for Alice to encourage Jasper to go there. I swallowed, trying to dislodge the sudden lump in my throat. The guilt made my head bow and my shoulders slump. I'd run them out of their home, just like Rosalie and Emmett. I was a plague. Is your arm bothering you? He asked solicitously. Who cares about my stupid arm? I muttered in disgust. He did not answer, and I put my head down on the table. By the end of the day, the silence was becoming ridiculous. I did not want to be break it, but apparently that was my only choice if I wanted him to talk to me again. You'll come over later tonight, bitch, I asked as he walked me silently to my fucking bitch-ass truck. Fucking- he always came over later, he asked. Anyway, yeah, that's part two, New Moon. Here we go, part three, got Eclipse. Um, uh, chapter six, Switzerland. As I drove home, I wasn't paying much attention to the road that shimmered wetly in the sun. I was thinking about the flood of information Jacob had shared with me, trying to sort it out to force it all to make sense. Despite the overload, I felt lighter, seeing Jacob smile, having all the secrets thrashed out didn't make things perfect but it made things better i was right to have gone jacob needed me and obviously i thought as i squinted into the glare there was no danger it came out of nowhere one minute there was nothing but bright highway in the rearview mirror the next minute the sun was glinting off a silver volvo right on my tail oh crap i whimpered i considered pulling over but i was too much of a coward to face him right away I'd been counting on some prep time and having Charlie nearby as a buffer. At least I would force him to keep his voice down. The Volvo followed inches behind me. I kept my eyes on the road ahead. Chicken through and chicken through. What? Chicken through and through. I drove straight to Angela's without once meeting the gaze I could feel burning a hole in my mirror. He followed me until I pulled to the curb in front of the Weber's house. He didn't stop and I didn't look up as he passed. I didn't want to see the expression on his face. I ran up the short concrete walk to Angela's door as soon as he was out of sight. Ben answered the door before I could finish knocking like he'd been standing right behind it. Hey, Bella, he said, surprised. Hi, Ben. Uh, is Angela here? I wondered if Angela had gotten our plans and cringed at the thought of going home early. Sure, Ben just said as Angela called Bella and appeared at the top of the stairs. Ben peered around me as we both heard the sound of a car on the road. The sound didn't scare me. This engine stuttered to a stop, followed by the loud pop of a backfire. Nothing like the purr of a Volvo. This must be the visitor Ben had been waiting for. Austin's here, Ben said as Angela reached his side. A horn honked on the street. I'll see you later, Ben promised. Miss you already. He drew his arm around Angel's neck and pulled her face down to his height so that he could kiss her enthusiastically. After a second of this, Austin honked again. Bye, Ange. Love ya. Ben shouted as he dashed past me. Angel swayed, her face slightly pink, then recovered herself and waved until Ben and Austin were out of sight. Then she turned to me and grinned ruefully. Thank you for doing this, Bella, she said from the bottom of my heart. Not only are you saving my hands from permanent injury, you also just spared me two long hours of a plotless, badly dubbed martial arts film, she sighed in relief. Happy to be of service. I was feeling a little bit less panicked, able to breathe a little more evenly. It felt so ordinary here. even You see, human dramas were only reassuring, and it was nice to know that life was normal somewhere. And last but not least... Part four, my personal favorite. Chapter 11, Nation and Race. There's some truth which are so obvious that for this very reason, they are not seen or at least not recognized by ordinary people. They sometimes pass by such truisms as though blind and are most astonished when someone suddenly discovers what everyone really ought to know. Columbus's eggs lie around by the hundreds of thousands, but Columbus's are met with less frequently. Thus, men, without exception, wander about in the garden of nature. They imagine that they know practically everything, and yet, with few exceptions, pass blindly by one of the most patient principles of nature's rule the inner segregation of the species of all living beings on this earth. Even the most superficial observation shows that nature's restricted form of propagation and increase is an almost rigid basic law of all the innumerable forms of expression of her vital urge. Every animal mates only with a member of the same species. The titmouse seeks the titmouse, the finch the finch, the stork the stork, the field mouse the field mouse, the dormouse the dormouse, the wolf the she wolf, etc. Only unusual circumstances can change this, primarily the compulsion of captivity or any other cause that makes it impossible to mate within the same species. But then nature begins to resist this with all possible means, and her most visible protest consists either in refusing further capacity for propagation to bastards or in limiting the fertility of later offspring. In most cases, however, she takes away the power of resistance to disease or hostile attacks this is only too natural. Any crossing of two beings not at exactly the same level produces a medium between the level of the two parents. This means the offspring will probably stand higher than the racially lower parent, but not as high as the higher one. Consequently, it will later succumb in the struggle against the higher level. Such mating is contrary to the will of nature for a higher breeding of all life. The precondition for this does not lie in associating superior and inferior, but in the total victory of the former. The stronger must dominate and not blend with the weaker, thus sacrificing his own greatness. Only the born weakling can view this as cruel, but he, after all, is only a weak and limited man. For if this law does not prevail, any conceivable higher development of organic living beings would be unthinkable. The consequence of this racial purity, universally valid in nature, is not only the sharp outward delimitation of the various races, but their uniform character in themselves. The fox is always a fox, the goose a goose, the tiger a tiger, and the difference can lie at most in the varying measure of force, strength, intelligence, dexterity, endurance of the individual specimens. But you will never find a fox who, in his inner attitude, might, for example, show humanitarian tendencies towards geese, as similarly, there is no cat with a friendly inclination towards mice. Therefore, here, too, the struggle among themselves arises less from inner aversion than from hunger and love. In both cases, nature looks on calmly with satisfaction, in fact. In the struggle for daily bread, all those who are weak and sickly or less determined succumb, while the struggle of the males for the female grants the right or opportunity to propagate only to the healthiest. And struggle is always a means for improving a species health and power of resistance and therefore a cause of its higher development. If the process were different, all further and higher development would cease and the opposite would occur. For since the inferior always predominates numerically over the best, if both had the same possibility of preserving life and propagating, the inferior would multiply so much more rapidly that in the end, the best would inevitably be driven into the underground, unless a correction of this state of affairs were undertaken. Nature does just this by subjugating, subjecting the weaker part to such severe living conditions that by them alone, the number is limited, and by not permitting the remainder to increase promiscuously, by making, but making a new and ruthless choice according to strength and health. No more than nature desires the mating of weaker <clears throat> with stronger individuals, even less does she desire the blending of a higher with a lower race, since if she did, her whole work of higher breeding, over perhaps hundreds of thousands of years, might be ruined with one blow. Historical experiences offers countless proofs of this. It shows with terrifying clarity that in every mingling of Aryan blood with that of lower peoples, the result was the end of the cultured people. North America, whose population consists in by far the largest part of the Germanic elements, who mixed but little with the lower-colored peoples, shows a different humanity and culture from Central and South America, where the predominantly Latin immigrants often mixed with the Aborigines on a large scale. By this one example, we can clearly and distinctly recognize the effects of a racial mixture. The Germanic inhabitant of the American continent, who has remained racially pure and unmixed, rose to be master of the continent. He will remain the master as long as he does not fall a victim to defilement of the blood. The result of all racial crossing is therefore in brief always the following, lowering of the level of the higher race, physical and intellectual regression, and hence the beginning of a slowly but surely progressing sickness. to bring about such a development is then nothing else but to sin against the will of the eternal creator. <sighs> and as a sin, this act is rewarded. When man attempts to rebel against the iron logic of nature, it comes into existence. He comes into struggle with the principles to which he himself owes his existence as a man. And this attack must lead his him to his own doom. Here, of course, we encounter the Objection of the modern pacifist as truly Jewish and as effrontery as it is stupid. Man's role is to overcome nature. Millions thoughtlessly parrot this Jewish nonsense and end up by really imagining that they themselves represent a kind of conqueror of nature, though in this they dispose of no other weapon than an idea, and at that such a miserable one that if it were true, no world at all would be conceivable. But quite aside, from the fact that man has never yet conquered nature in anything, but at most has caught hold of and tried to lift one or another corner of her immense gigantic veil of eternal riddles and secrets that in reality, he invents nothing, but only discovers everything that he does not dominate nature, but has only risen on the basis of his knowledge of various laws and secrets of nature to be Lord over those other living creatures who lack this knowledge. Quite aside from all this, an idea cannot overcome the preconditions for the development and being of humanity, since the idea itself depends only on man. Without human beings, there is no human idea in this world. Therefore, the idea, as such, is always conditioned by the presence of human b- beings, and hence of all the laws which created the precondition for their existence. And not only that, certain ideas are even tied up with certain uh, uh, certain men. This applies most of all to those. Ideas whose content originates, not in an exact scientific truth, but in the world of emotion, or as it is so beautifully and clearly expressed today, reflects an inner experience. All these ideas, which have nothing to do with cold logic as such, but represent only pure expressions of feeling, ethical conceptions, etc., are chained to the existence of men, to those intellectual imagination and creative power they owe their existence. Precisely... In this case, the preservation of these definite races and men is the precondition for the existence of those ideas. Anyone, for example, who really desired <clears throat> the victory of the pacifistic idea in this world with all his heart would have to fight with the means at his disposal for the conquest of the world by the Germans. For if the opposite should occur, the last pacifist would die out with the last German, since the rest of the world has never fallen so deeply as our own people. Unfortunately, has for this nonsense, so contrary to nature and reason. Then, if we were serious, whether we liked it or not, we would have to wage wars in order to arrive at pacifism. This and nothing else was what Wilson, the American world savior, intended, or so at least our German missionaries, visionaries believed, and thereby his purpose was fulfilled. In actual fact, the pacifistic humane idea is perfectly all right, perhaps when the highest type of man has previously conquested and subjected the earth to an extent that makes him the sole ruler of this earth. then. This idea lacks the power of producing evil effects in exact proportion as its practical application becomes rare and finally impossible. Therefore, first struggle and then and then we shall see what can be done. Therefore, first struggle and then we shall see what can be done. Otherwise, mankind has passed the high point of its development and the end is not the domination of any ethical idea but barbarism and consequently chaos. At this point, someone or other may laugh, but this planet once moved through the ether for millions of years without human beings, and it can do so again someday if men forget that they owe their higher existence not to the ideas of a few crazy ideologists, but to the knowledge and ruthless application of nature's stern and rigid laws. Everything we admire on this earth today science and art, technology and inventions, is only the creative product of a few peoples and originally perhaps of one race. On them depends the existence of this whole culture. If they perish, the beauty of this earth will sink into the grave with them. However much the the soil, for example, can influence men, the results of the influence will always be different depending on the races in question. The low fertility of a living space may spur the one race to the highest achievements. In others, it will only be the cause of bitterest poverty and final undernourishment with all of its consequences. The inner nature of peoples is always determining for the manner in which outward influences will be effective. What leads the one to starvation trains the other to hard work. All great cultures of the past perish only because the original Originally, creative race died out from blood poisoning. The ultimate cause of such a decline was their forgetting that all culture depends on men and not conversely, hence that to preserve a certain culture, the man who creates it must be preserved. This preservation is bound up with the rigid law of necessity and the right of victory of the strongest and best in this world. Those who want to live, let them fight. And those who do not want to fight in this world of eternal struggle do not deserve to live. Even if this were hard, that is how it is. Assuredly, however, by far the harder fate is that which strikes the man who thinks he can overcome nature, but in the last analysis only mocks her. Distress, misfortune, and diseases are her answer. The man who misjudges and disregards the racial laws actually forfeits the happiness that seems to be destined to be his. He thwarts the triumphal march of the best race, and hence, also the precondition for all human progress and remains in consequence burdened with all the sensibility of man and the animal realm of helpless misery. Oh shit. (laughs) I thought, you know, hey, it's an honest mistake. Coincidence? I'll let you decide. Hey. <laughs> Curious. Stephanie Meyer. Hey. It was an honest mistake. But as a man with virtues, I finish what I start. Ah. 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 Are you guys Team Adolf or Team Heinrich? Let me know in the comments. Like, comment, subscribe. I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you. Hello. Fuck you. Bye. Faggy. Bye.